0: And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time it's my turn. That's right. <laughs> I've got the power now.
1: <laughs> hey, with great power comes great responsibility.
0: And I've used, I I threw my responsibility away, but I did <laughs> use the power. The only reason I say that is because I kind of cheated a little bit because I got one movie, but technically I got three.
1: Yeah. And then within those three, technically you kind of got 12.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. I got a lot from my pick from my from my week. But the good news for anybody who's perhaps been waiting for it is we are going back in time, back, back, back into time. We are leaving 2022. For <laughs>
1: real are, this time.
0: We are departing. Um, well, we're departing to multiple years because like I said, I got technically three movies from my pick because I wanted to do Tales from the Hood, Mm -hmm. but it just didn't seem right to only cover the first one, especially because we've had two sequels to it that have come out in more recent years. I don't know. It just didn't seem right to only do the original one.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Plus, like, I feel like a lot of people have already covered the first one. So getting to talk about all three, I think is going to be a very interesting conversation because they are similar, but oh, do they deviate from one another?
0: Yes, yes. Um, Tales from the Hood is iconic, point blank, period. If nothing else, first one should be on your roster uh, to watch or to be rewatched. But I'm hoping that for anybody who has maybe missed the boat like it just took off without them on uh, Tales from the Hood 2 and 3 that maybe we can sway you one way or the other, let you know which ones are worth checking out. And then, of course, I'm we I'm sure you guys want to know our our thoughts on the classic um, one. So yeah, that's kind of like a uh, buy, buy three, get one. Wait, no. Buy,
1: buy, buy one? buy three, get
0: two free. Well, yeah. Or buy one, get two free. <laughs> and
1: there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. It's a sale. It's a sale. There, that's the, that's the biggest a, point.
0: It's a sale. It's a really good sale. Um, but I am excited to talk about these movies. These are for you first time all three right
1: just two and three i've seen the first one before uh three i didn't even know existed quite frankly that one (laughs) that was a myth to me before you brought that one up so (laughs) that'll be exciting to talk about
0: and 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 to be fair three just came out in 2020 um and it was uh sci-fi like, it, it premiered on sci-fi and ran on sci-fi. So, if you don't have cable, mm-hmm. I think three was really easy to miss. Unlike I said, it came out in 2020, that black hole of a year right. where everybody was watching the same things we've been watching. So, you're probably on Tales from the Hood 1. <laughs> Y'all are probably revisiting that one. Totally missed the new one. But that's all right, because we are here to fill you in on that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but... Before we break these movies down, because like I said, we've got three to break down, so no time to waste. But before we go into it, we've got to do our scare scale. I feel as though we should just talk about all of the movies in general and how scary they are, because for the most part, they all have a very similar Tone and vibe. Yeah. Um the scares don't really deviate from one to the other. Uh you could say maybe one is a little bit more intense than the other. But as far as scare scare, I think they're fairly the same. Mm -hmm. Um so we're just gonna do a general scare scale for all three tales from the hood. So Roshane, scale from one to five, five being the scariest, one being the least. What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking. I'm thinking one and a half, like across the board. Because the thing is, like, these stories are are interesting. And at certain points, they do get kind of gory. And there are some images that are definitely disturbing that you have to look at. But nothing scary overall. Like, the tone still manages to stay light in places, even when it gets really, really dark. And so, like, I don't know, I just didn't ever feel too scared watching any of these. And so for that, I think one and a half across the board would be solid for me.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you there. It's it's not scare heavy at all. If anything, maybe the real life consequences, the moments that are more rooted in reality are scary. But as far as the more devious side of things it's never too far it's kept fairly lighthearted, so i could see maybe this being i've said this before but i feel like this is a really good introduction to horror movies
2: mm-hmm.
0: um some people might qualify these as horror comedies ah they're, eh. they're not quite there for me but i do think that there is a lightness to them like a light quality that m- makes them feel not so hard to swallow right um so yeah it's just that that lightness that i think prevents it from going up too high (laughs) true true
1: true but without further ado let's go ahead and hop into all three of these bad boys so homies we are entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we are talking about tales from the hood one two and three All three of these films were written and directed by Rusty Cundiff and Darren Scott and are starring a plethora of people, but most notably Clarence Williams III, Keith David, and Tony Todd.
3: A good storyteller can whisk you away to a land filled with magic and whimsy Or they can escort your mind into the dark depths of the underworld. Join three storytellers as they take you on a journey through the pain, strife, and injustice of black life in America. This is Tales from the Hood. Insert zany funeral home hosts, crafty political confidants, and story time with a strange little girl here. Our films conclude with our storytellers teaching the audience a valuable lesson and making an example out of those who deserve it most. Also, welcome to hell, motherfucker. Roll credits.
0: Yay! we got the line (laughs) i was hoping it would be that or something about the shit
3: oh yeah the shit the The shit shit. the shit
0: the shit (laughs) um but i'm glad that it was welcome to hell motherfucker personally i'm gonna get that tattooed across my chest
1: don't say don't (laughs) say things that you can't take back eric (laughs) this is a very as quotable if, format right
2: here
0: as <laughs> if. the way they would get halfway through that w and i'd say you, we gotta stop and then it would just be a v that's no no but it is a great quote it it's a, a
1: great quote. quote i love that line and i'm happy that it's a through line through all of them yeah. like i know for some maybe it's kind of corny but for me I, I loved it i loved it it felt it, like home
0: yeah it felt really comfortable after a while very cozy <laughs> but you know, it's also the delivery of it is so yeah. great for the most part um <laughs> that <laughs> that you like it you're excited to hear it you've gotten used to it so yeah i i love that line but speaking of things we loved or did not love mm-hmm. Rochelle uh, would you be so kind as to tell me what's the first thing in your notebook about Tales from the Hood? That's it. About Tales from the Hood. The first one.
1: <laughs> I got you. Well, all right. I'll be frank here. For the first one, I didn't take too many notes just because this one I was familiar with. However, the first note I have is you know he's kind of got a point with the refried beans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does i love that conversation
1: i i love everything about that conversation and granted it's like it doesn't need to be there like it really it, it does nothing to the grand scheme of things but just as like a brief moment with these three characters i absolutely love their banter outside i think it's phenomenal
0: yeah i agree it's a really nice uh, i feel like but also apparently refried I could be wrong, but I did say someone say comment that like refried beans just means well done or something.
1: Is that what it actually know. means?
0: I don't know. But he did have me scratching my head when he said that. I said, you know what? <laughs> that's a really good point that you're making. Why are they refried? But it's I'm... allegedly. But I I love I feel like what the first one does really well that perhaps gets lost throughout these is the balance of these moments that just feel very real and and unexpectedly comedic like i will say although i would not class this as a horror comedy i do think that this has good comedic moments particularly in our our like framing story mm-hmm. with this whole thing with sims and the funeral home and our gangsters like i feel like they apply a lot of brevity and just some some fun chuckles to some pretty serious stories. And this is just the beginning of that. But I also feel like it does a good job of you kind of understanding these three characters straight off of the bat, even though you don't get to spend a lot of time getting to know them outside of this drug deal situation. Right. I feel like little comments like that makes me familiar with the type of people that they are.
1: That's very true. You you don't get to spend a lot of time with them. But you do, like you said, you get enough information about them to like, at least care enough that like you care that they're there. Because like, once we go into the stories, we completely transport into these worlds. Like mm-hmm. we we forget about our our through line people for the moment. Um, but they're still important. I'll I'll be the first to say the through line stories for all three of them aren't the best i don't think they're like (laughs) fantastic stories overall but they're fun enough to i think help with that tone thing right like i feel like these through line stories are kind of the reason why things never feel like they get too heavy because the moment that it does get too heavy we typically will cut back to our main story again
0: yes yeah we will get a little bit of a break which is very welcome and i think particularly this first one works this first through line story for me framing story works so well because Clarence Williams III is Mm -hmm. absolutely killing this (laughs) Mr. Sims character because here's the thing it's he's not really in the grand scheme of things he's not really a character in the in the sense of he doesn't have anything more to him than being the st- the storyteller. And I feel yeah. like that can be really tricky because we still have to be engrossed in what he's saying. We still have to kind of care about him as a as a character. And at the same time, he is tasked with kind of distracting our our three guys. He has to lead them around and kind of distract them from their goal, right, but also moving our plot along, and I feel like that could be very, very tough to do, but he's so fucking good at it. he's just he's hamming it up just enough, he's sweaty and he's <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> He's like he gets progressively sweatier every so time you see sweaty. him. So <laughs>
0: sweaty, very much Blackula. Like, can we get the AC <laughs> on this man? But this this feels more um, intentional yeah. than <laughs> than it did in Blackula, where you were like, "Damn, it's hot in that room." <laughs> um, no, but he's just zany. But he the the way that he is unpredictable in this movie. Mm -hmm. Is so much fun that I get excited when it's about that time for us to go back to the funeral home. As much as I enjoy the stories because I love what he's doing so much and his characterization of this so much. Because I also feel like he does a good job of ramping it up for that reveal at the end. Mm -hmm. And because I love seeing that progression, I i am super excited every time we cut back and that might not have been the case for someone who maybe was playing it differently who's a little bit more serious or a little bit more um like toned down mm-hmm. i just feel like i don't know i just feel like he's great i also like the framing story in this one because i like this going up to the caskets and seeing the people and then jumping into their story mm-hmm. i think that that's really a a nice way of doing this of of us seeing them after what happened and then learning what happened. I really like that as a as a framing tool in this. Mm-hmm. Um and so we and I, I feel like especially especially having that as and having the funeral home be the setting in this one makes a lot more sense when this is revealed as hell yeah it's like okay it makes sense that these bodies are here that these souls are trapped here because we're in hell kind of a thing um but the first body that we see leads us into our first story which is um about police brutality Mm -hmm. uh which seems more relevant (laughs) than than ever Uh, after all this time it's still a very relevant story and it's the first one we get it's a heavy one Mm -hmm. to start with i mean they all have some pretty serious topics yeah but i I just starting with this one because i mean basically we jump into the story and we see a black man get pulled over by the police uh there's three white police officers and one black police officer who's a rookie and whilst the rookie is distracted they kill this this black man for no reason besides the fact that he is running to be senator governor mayor
1: I want to say it's mayor. Mm. Uh, He's
0: Martin Morehouse. (laughs) That's what's important. He's Martin Morehouse. His whole thing is he's trying to get crooked cops off the street. So the cops have a kind of an X on his back and they take him out. And so this ends up becoming a revenge story where Martin comes back after the police and this story, I feel like, is a great introduction, though, into the practical effects and the mm-hmm. makeup in this movie. I think it's fantastic. We're not going to touch on that lizard tongue. Um, <laughs> we're not going to touch on the lizard tongue we, that comes out of the end. Are we
1: not going to touch on the lizard tongue? We
0: will, but not right now. Not while I'm not while I'm saying this. Okay,
1: fine.
0: <laughs> we're we're we gonna hold off on that one. But at the moment, <laughs> the this story is. Is yeah, it's a great introduction into just how awesome the effects are in this movie, mm-hmm. especially for the time. Yeah. And the deaths, the gore that we get, it looks good. It it keeps up with that same kind of tales from the crypt or creep show feeling where mm-hmm. it's not too realistic where you're like, "Oh my god, oh, this is saw shit." Like it's not like that. It's more of that fantastical gore, but that works so well in stories like this where the stories almost feel like not real, even though we're being told that these things really happen because it's in a story format. I don't know. Anthology like movies and shows to me always feel like almost comic book moments or just like little slices of a book. It never feels real. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like the effects in this work really well for that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think like overall, for the most part, every time they go practical, seems to work. Uh, when we slip in the CG, um, that's when it gets a little, it gets a little funky there. But um, overall, the effects are re- actually really good, and like I think they do a good job of like not pulling you out because they because they went the practical route it's easier to just kind of stay with it and because they continue to use it throughout um it's pretty good also i guess he's just a activist like he's just a well-known activist gotcha that they've just they got their eyes on Mm -hmm. um but yeah the first story i think is really good and i think this was a good one to start with just because like it just gets it out of the way you know again they're talking about the things that you deal with while being black in America through these different like horror lenses. And police brutality has been something that we as black people and not even just black people, just minorities in general, mm-hmm. have been struggling with for decades at this point. The fact that we start off with a police brutality story just feels so appropriate.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it hits. It really does. It, particularly the brutality scene it's really really like strange fruit playing in the background while it's happening Mm -hmm. and just it's it's very um unflinching in in the way that it is and i think the thing about this story that although it is it's weird because you do feel a sense of justice with the way that this story plays out and because we do get revenge on these police officers however i still think out of a lot of these stories this one's ending to me still feels very very down and sad um, because Nobody ever knows because they frame Martin. They make it seem like he was doing drugs and and selling drugs. And that name never gets cleared. Um, The police, they never find out that they killed him. And the other black officer um, whose life has also been ruined by this, he ends up also paying the price and then it's believed that he killed these white police officers and then it's almost like oh he's crazy he's the one you never know that and it it just like it's like this cycle this circle that goes around and there's no stop and it's Mm -hmm. just it just sucks because although it's it's very very nice to see these police officers get fucked up um it it doesn't bring relief or release to anything that actually happened in the story. Um, So it's a it's a it's a it's an intense one to start with. But I think this one is one of the highest quality stories that we will have. So it's a great representation of like this series at its at its highest point. Yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Another thing, too, though, is with these characters here and like the police officers now, they are representative of like bad cops right they are the Mm. worst of the worst and i think that's an important through line for all of the stories when we are looking at the antagonists or like the people who were making a commentary on because they're typically played and portrayed as the absolute worst of the worst to a point where they're like almost cartoonish which i think for some people may be a con but if you take it for what it is again as like visual commentary i do still think it works um there are just some times where some of the things that some of these people will do get really like you know twirling your mustache level Mm, evil where it's just like okay like i know this is a bad guy but this is this is some next level shit right here that's the
0: worst guy yeah and i think that this movie out of what we'll before, out of what we'll see later is a little bit more nuanced with it. But, yeah, there are times where we're showcasing. We're highlighting an issue, and so we're trying to put like the most extreme version of that in the forefront. Um, I, I think that's pretty inherent to anthologies is taking a very heightened imagining of characters and storylines and themes to get your point across and to keep things from being, not too reality based while still being based in reality If that makes sense so yeah yeah of course we're going to be seeing a very specific version of a lot of these characters but putting a spotlight on the worst attributes of these people and not to say that there aren't people like this but it's never going to be a a more nuanced minimized version of them these cops, I feel like, though, are pretty good at. Cause I mean, obviously, it's like, yeah, there are crooked and bad cops. I feel like these cops are a pretty good example of, of that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they are, I think, one of the more nuanced takes on on this sort of a situation. Also, there's one point where the cop is trying to get the other cop to like pee on the grave, mm-hmm. and he just looks He just walks up and looks in the other cop's eye, and he goes. Piss! <laughs> I don't know why it was so <laughs> funny to me, dude. I laughed about that for it was. I laughed about that for a minute, and I I felt like shit because I was like, "This is a very unfortunate thing that is happening right now." But it's just the way he looked in his eyes and went piss. I yeah, remember. but I just wanted to mention that.
1: <laughs> okay, no, that shit that shit was funny. I can't even. I cannot that did even lie. did Um, I still to this day I love the the mural kill. I just think, like,
0: it's great. It's
1: so creative, and just, like, I lo- I love the way that it's implemented. I love the way it's done. Despite the, the fact that I have to use a little bit of CG for that, it doesn't bother me, because I think the end effect of it and just, like, that imagery is just so yeah. good. Yeah.
0: No, that's totally fair. That's how I feel about our second story mm-hmm. with the monster. Mm-hmm. I think that whole death sequence is really great. It is, once again, a great use of makeup and effects, and this one to me although this one leads a little bit more comedic to me just because of the way that he reacts (laughs) to what is happening to him Mm -hmm. uh the the image of david allen greer just all crumpled up on the floor (laughs) and like (laughs) all bent up out of shape it it's it just looks really cool it's it's a really good good use of the effects yeah um but yeah, our second story is an abuse story. A little boy who claims that there's a monster living at home and we find out that the monster is his mother's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this story. We've got a lot of... Something I do want to mention. You said like this, I think out of all of them, this cast is the most stacked. Yeah. Um, and I I read an interview with Rusty Cundeef that he did with IndieWire where he mentioned that at this time, like, that they made this movie, um, like, in the 90s, m- a lot of black actors could not get work unless it was for black movies, black sitcoms, you know, things right. like that. So people were really checking for them all the time. And so he said that with the budget that they had, it was a lot easier to get actors that were big names because... Yeah like the a they wanted to do a movie like this but b a lot of them were in between jobs or were Mm -hmm. looking for work that's something that i never really thought about (laughs) because i feel like there's a lot of times where i do look back on these movies in the 90s
1: you're like why are why are all these prolific black people in these films
0: but it's like you would have these big chunks that was a very specific time where unless it was considered a quote unquote black production black content um Yeah, you might not get the job. So I'm sure there were times where they were like, yeah, I'll do this because I want to do this, but also I want a job. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. That was just something he said. And obviously that has changed over the years. So when you start to go into two and three, you don't you can't quite afford the same actors maybe that you. it's it's a great
1: double-edged sword you know where it's like okay you can't get great actors but also those great actors are getting paid far closer to what they actually should be getting paid Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a good thing um, but it is sad to like lose those actors for yeah. these particular movies.
0: But we've got a Disney Channel reunion because we have, <laughs> <laughs> we have the mom from That's So Raven. We have uh, Trudy Proud from the mm-hmm. Proud Family. We also have the little kid from Soul Food that says, "Y'all, y'all are tearing the family apart," or whatever he says. And also Rusty, Rusty True. playing the school teacher.
1: Yeah. I really like this this particular story mostly uh-huh. because not only is the cast fantastic and everybody does a great job in their roles, but this one, similarly to the police brutality one, um, grounded in something very real and something that I think particularly at this point in time, like in the 90s, maybe wasn't as much of a point of conversation as it is today. Like domestic violence at home, like the way that you handle your kids, especially within like black households. Like, that wasn't a conversation that was being had. One, something that I, I read in passing, too, about this particular one and, like, some of their early screenings for this, when it gets into the actual violence portion of things, a lot of people's initial reactions were laughter, mm-hmm. I guess, when the mom gets hit and stuff like that just because, like, it's a defense mechanism. Like, we laugh at yeah. things that it's make uncomfortable. us uncomfortable. uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, but then with this particular one, the beating just keeps going and it goes on like two beats too long in and like an important way, I think because like it goes on long enough that you stop laughing and you have to just sit there and like watch these poor, this poor woman and this poor child getting beaten. And like, I think it really for that split second, it really sits with you like how terrible the situation this is and like yeah. how this circumstance that this child is in how that manifested itself into this um creature that he refers Mm. to as the monster because like for a kid yeah that is some monster level shit like that is so scary
0: yeah well and i also think too i think it was very intentional to also have it be a little boy because i feel like you see a lot of instances maybe with like girls and that being a huge deal but there is this whole idea of like hey this is happening to boys too it's not just a like a a woman or a female kind of a thing um and there's this idea of like will i be believed because although for him he's not believed because he is personifying this as a monster and so people aren't taking that seriously but he does say like uh, he told me nobody would believe me and there is this feeling of like you know little black boys going through a lot of shit in their lives and nobody really leaning landing out a hand to try and help because they're just supposed to like get over it and be fine um but in this case we do have a teacher who is willing to probe a little bit more and I mean, it's good that he interjects himself, but I feel He's like he pushy. was really missing some cues <laughs> um, like, hey, some shit is going wrong. Can you shut the fuck up? Like, <laughs> I do feel like he was missing a couple cues there. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where I do like the way this story unfolds, because you do feel some type of way, I feel like towards the mom at first for the situation that they're in because like kids can't protect themselves they rely on you to protect them but then you really realize how serious the situation is and Mm -hmm. like how far this guy is willing to go and you do see that like she is scared and um does not know what to do but yeah the teacher is a little bit doing the most also when the other little kid (laughs) so he realizes um walter The little boy realizes that his drawings, whatever he does to them, ends up actually happening. That's how he takes down the monster. But he also does it to this kid that bullies him at school. He, like, balls up the paper, and so all the kid's bones get broken and the teacher it just was funny to like what kind of fucked up thing is it to say where they he fell they think he just fell down the stairs and broke all his bones and then the teacher makes a comment like guess he had weak bones it's like this kid is like seven and he just broke all of his bones and you're like oh guess he didn't drink enough milk I don't know I just thought that shit was a, I thought that was a wild thing to say about the circumstances that was pretty
1: out of pocket that was <laughs> like, pretty out of why pocket.
0: would you say something like that
1: <laughs> my God, he may never walk again. Oh
0: yeah, my God! <laughs> like, we don't know if he's okay. Like he broke <laughs> both both of his arms and his legs, and you're over here making comments about his calcium, like
3: <laughs>
1: getting his come Netflix on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But yeah, I really like the second story and like another topic that is just really important, really important conversation piece. Um, And like you said to it being centered around a young boy, I think is very important too. not just for the time, but I think just for the people in general, because I agree with you. I think like as, as a black male and talking to a lot of other black males, like keeping your emotions and things pent up your problems and whatnot it's very, it's very common practice. and it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's just like tough it up. And like that's a bit of toxic masculinity that I think um, goes across the board to every every race. But I do think that's something that's very heavily prevalent um, in black culture of just like grit your teeth and go through it. Mm-hmm. And like this, you know, having this piece, boys do get bruised, it's like it's important. Like boys, no matter the race or where they're from, whatnot, they can also feel pain both physically yeah. and emotionally. And it's something that needs to be a normalized piece of conversation. And again, this is like a good thing. I think that this is on a big screen that people are all watching together so that, you know, possibly we have the conversation about it afterwards. Um, I will say for me, story number three is always where it dips. Um, Not that that story number three is bad. It's not that I think that this is a bad story it's just it is real real hard for me to get past the doll cgi it is just it's so hard i don't think
3: it's that bad really i i
0: like the dolls i actually love the dolls (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, 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 you also know that I don't like dolls though, so like yeah. I have a bias here. um You're a
0: little bit, you're a little bit bent <laughs> up about it being dolls in general. I got a thing think.
1: against dolls, all right, yeah. but still, I don't know. They, will, they're not, they're like, not my favorite. They're not bad. They're not my favorite.
0: It's a funny image for me. So when the guy. Falls down the stairs, Roadie. It's a funny image to me to imagine the doll just like sticking his little foot out and tripping him <laughs> downstairs. Tripping I know that's him. not what happens, but it's just because the doll's laying there after it happens. Mm-hmm. um But yeah, Ooh, I mean,
1: wait, real quick, sorry to interrupt, but like just a quick shout out before I forget to just like the effects and the stunts, at least in the first one, they're pretty bonkers. Like, Mm -hmm. there are some, like, great car stunts. There are stair-falling stunts. Like, from a stunt perspective, there is some intense stuff happening in this movie. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, because we have him, when he falls down the stairs and bonks his head and then promptly dies from that. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, the dolls is an interesting choice. I really like it. I like that all the dolls look different. I like that they all have a personality. I it's a it's a wild idea to have those be the things that attack it's crazy to watch them just like eat them that, that, <laughs> but that's
1: the part where but, I, I i check out but
0: <laughs> and then when she pops up in in her, in
1: her in rocking, rocking chair, chair
0: and is just watching them it's a little bit silly but i do love the whole thing with like the the slaves and their souls being put in the dolls and how they kind of come back when because of the disrespect that is occurring in Mm -hmm. in this house. I do love that idea. I love Um, the painting. I I love how the painting painting works. And how they keep popping out of the painting. I don't I wonder how they chose the roster of like who was gonna go first. Like what doll was gonna be sent out on the front lines first. But eventually all of them are out of there. I feel like this is potentially what you were talking about when you meant like the clearly evil situation.
1: Yeah, because like yeah. I, the the senator guy is like the he's the epitome of like, this is what I imagine a racist Southern senator would be like. Right. And like he does the role. He does it quite well, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's doing really good. That I was like, not the hard R. When yeah. that <clears> throat> happened, throat> I throat> forgot. I've, 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 <laughs> I've only uh-huh. ever seen the like TV version of this. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. I even wrote that note. I said, "Not the hard R."
1: Look, but cr- again, across the board job. here, there's a lot of hard R's that hit, mm, had me side right eyeing a little bit. But yeah, it they that they, tickle they hit a little, in your
0: throat. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: was my was <laughs> my favorite feeling. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, he's he's doing a good job though, uh, playing this character. And yeah, we have a character who is running for. There's so many political... <laughs> I There's forget what everybody's political. running for. Uh, He's running for
1: governor. He's a governor. senator running okay. for governor.
0: Senator running for governor who is very, very much racist. and But he is trying to secure the black vote t- sort of a thing. So he hires a black um, publicist kind of... I don't know. The guy who, who tells them what to say and yeah. like de- clears their image up. He hires him to help, help out and it kind of touches on that this situation of like a there's this black guy who is willing to help this s- clearly overtly racist senator most likely to just help his career right. and like turn against turn against you know his culture and all of this just to help this guy which we will see again in the second one it is done better in this one to mm-hmm. me it's more subtle, even as <laughs> as overt as he is. I still think it's more subtle on this one. Because I, what I will say is I like that he is super-duper racist, like, behind closed doors. And he, like, tries to reel it in publicly facing. I felt like that made a lot of sense to me. He's not super racist when he's out and about. Like, yeah. he'll maybe slip up a little bit, but then he'll catch himself. It's just we're spending all this time with him, so we know. Um but yeah i i love i love the effects in this one the story to me is 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 fun i think this one to me is like the weirdly enough is the funnest one
1: i i agree with you there despite despite it being a dip for me i do think that this one is a lot of fun um and there's a lot of humor i suppose in watching this man try and smash a small doll with the butt of a shotgun. I don't know, I get, <laughs> I giggle every time. He's like yeah. very carefully trying to hit this tiny doll. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it's just the situation feels so wacky. Coming from police brutality, yeah. to <laughs> domestic violence to evil slave dolls. Um, it's just, it was a leap that I think my brain is never ready for when we get there. <laughs> um but overall the story is still good and like um i still enjoy this one um -hmm. even if i think it's a little silly
0: yeah but that leads us into crazy k which is our last story um which is about like uh gang violence Mm -hmm. but also kind of about Black on black violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have Hakeem from Oesha. And he is (laughs) and he is Crazy K. And we kind of just follow his what I do like about this one is I feel like I like, first of all, I like the commentary that they're making about Mm -hmm. how you know we did all that fighting and all this stuff to like lift ourselves up and now we're fighting each other
3: and why
0: like what why are we doing this who is benefiting from this why are we hurting our own community i love the way that they weave that story in and like the comparisons that they kind of make to white supremacists and and like the kkk and all this different stuff but also i like that crazy k doesn't change because i feel like you also touch on this idea of people being so mad about kind of the hands that they've been dealt in life Mm -hmm. and but then perpetuating the cycle of oh well because i had to suffer And I had to take all this shit and nobody was there for me when I was a kid. Now I'm going to be this way and I'm going to make other people suffer and I'm going to kill people who are innocent and don't deserve it. And then it's like, we're going to keep perpetuating that cycle. I thought that was a cool kind of end to it, because I feel like that also leads us into our ending with our three guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, going back to commentary, I think what I love about the first one is I think it does the best job with the commentary aspect because the commentary yeah. feels very much woven into all of the stories. And not only is it woven in, but the subject matter is just so prevalent, because especially again, in the 90s, talking about gang violence and like what it's doing to black communities just destroying each other. That's so important. And that Mm was such an important conversation to have. I think this out of all of them is the scariest one, if not, maybe not scary, but the most disturbing one, especially because you have to like go through that, that series of images that you know, like these are all most likely real images. And it's just like that is, that's rough, that is that is yeah. really rough to see because like that level of violence does exist. These are things that are actually happening and worst off, it's things that we're doing to ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's definitely a fault of the system. The system puts a bunch of people who do not have a lot of means into one place and it's like, survive. And yeah. you expect them not to turn on each other when survival becomes damn near impossible because they don't have the means to survive. And so the idea that Crazy K doesn't change it makes so much sense because yeah. at that point in his life, he has been looking out for him. Why would he change now? But you as the audience member, you are pleading. You want him to change so badly because you want everyone who was like him to change so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is like it's not that easy. Even with yeah. this weird psychosomatic, like, next gen sci-fi shit it's still not that easy to break these break these things that have already been built
0: yeah well and also too it's like you look at everything we've watched over this movie that is the world that crazy k is growing up in police brutality that you know want to pick him out and accost him for no reason you have abusive homes abusive and then you homes, have politicians. politicians who treat you like you're not shit and who really don't give a fuck if you'd live or die and so you see all of this stuff and the world that he presumably grew up in and yeah it's like it's not surprising that this is the life he has turned to and this is the life he knows it's also not surprising that he's not super ready to just say yeah i'm gonna change i mean is gonna be different now It's, it's just not, it feels more realistic for him not to shift this despite everything that he is seeing because he is seeing some horrific things. He is being confronted by some horrible things that he himself has done, Mm -hmm. but it's not wild to see him try and rationalize everything he's done and make excuses for it. And we also discover that our three guys that we have been following also kind of fell into a similar cycle and as a result they died it's just like you know why they're not gonna why would they change now like yeah like you know this this
1: whole movie they've been doing the same thing that got them killed so yeah
0: and i mean and it's not and people do because i know that um in that same interview i was talking about earlier he said that a lot of people have told him over the years that crazy k's story is what made them stop running with gangs and stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. people can change, but you have to want to change, sort of a thing. Yeah. And Crazy K was not he was not ready for a change in his life. Like
1: And so he wasn't our our three gangsters weren't as well. And all of them are now being welcomed to hell from Motherfucker. Motherfucker <laughs> 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 from our oh.
0: lizard tongue. <laughs> Sims. From
1: Mr. <laughs> Lizard Tongue. They didn't have to do it. They just they didn't have to do it. That's all it's I'm gonna say about it. They so didn't have pink. to do it.
0: <laughs> it's like crimson pink when it comes out. It comes out between his gap, which also like To me
1: it's slightly disrespectful.
0: <laughs> it is. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like at least have him open up his mouth a little bit. And then every like the walls fall away to this <laughs> extremely. CGI like floops world type of (laughs) type of universe that they're in. It's funny. It's It's, like it doesn't ruin anything because it's it it matches the tone, but it is just funny. Like
1: <laughs> it's especially funny too if you pay very close attention to our boys reacting to the CGI fire. Cause it mm. looks like they're in the best nightclub of their lives. Oh, like yeah. watch the moves that they do and home homeboy in the middle is hitting that shimmy harder than Shaq in the in the goddamn yeah. meme. Like he is going for it.
0: He looks they do look like they're Harlem shaking a little bit. <laughs> it, it is giving a little bit of dance party, but it's fine. They're dancing in hell. It works. Um, it, works. it works. But OK, <laughs> now that we've got the big boy out of the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about two. Yeah,
1: now we're we're in uncharted waters for me. For and you. Two. Yeah,
0: for you. Um, we have Keith David. That's awesome.
1: That is awesome. And I will say one of my first notes is Keith David. You were too good for this
0: <laughs> dude. You, you yeah. were
1: but I'm so happy you're here. It's one of those vibes.
0: It's such a treat. It's just always a treat to see Keith David to hear that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it lulls you into a full sense of security because <laughs> I do think you see this beginning and you're like okay. Interesting. We have a totally different uh, formatting story line with that's a little bit more political once again (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. a little bit more political we feel the drop in budget the first one had a budget of six million and that was in the 90s and then this one had an estimated budget of a little bit over three million so that's yeah Yeah. we cut the budget and you can feel it i that's it's not super noticeable or horrible by any means it just definitely feels like we didn't have as many location mm-hmm. opportunities and set design opportunities as we definitely did in the first one that's fair but the whole frame storyline of there being RoboCops and they need keith david to come in and tell its stories because what once again we get a very racist
1: politician politician mind you guys that there is a very large uh time skip here yes because we are now in 2018 now for tales of the hood 2 that's that's very important i think
0: yes that's true a lot of time has skipped as passed which was a lot due to like distribution issues and um like production company issues just really put a delay out and so yeah it took a very long time for this to get made so yeah we're here now we've got a politician he wants keith david to tell stories to the robot specifically so that the robot will know to arrest black people yeah. He's like why would you ask it why don't you could just have any white person come in here and and lay out some stories talking about, oh, black people are bad, but why did you invite this man here to do that?
1: Yeah. And like, it's almost framed as if like, okay, they invited some uh, notable storyteller to come in, but like when he shows up, he even, or the politician even makes a mention of like, oh, you're not who I, or what I expected um in terms of like my storyteller, mm-hmm. even if we accept that to be truth in fact, right? The gall of this man to then just continue being as actively racist as he was before, despite the fact that he is now in Keith David's presence, shocks me.
0: <laughs> it's like, bro, are you dead ass? Oh, also, um, I did write in my notes, just us, because Rochaine and I, <laughs> Roshane and I, since our college days, mm-hmm. have quoted... <laughs> have quoted this monologue that he did like the first day of college <laughs> we had to do these like get to know me monologues we we had to do the monologues that we like auditioned for the school with mm-hmm. and roshane did this
2: monologue
1: <laughs> i don't even remember where it's from anymore like not, I, I i don't remember where it's from i don't remember the monologue i just remember the line of there is no, no justice. justice
3: there is just yeah. us my it's brother
2: so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that has been like a. We have said that that has For been a mantra forever. Ever. Never forget. Forget every other lines. It doesn't matter. There is no justice, my brother. There is justice. Just <laughs> but Keith David says something similar at the beginning of this movie. He says like something, something, something. Ju- there's justice. Just <laughs> and You're I like,
2: was like, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I got very excited because I was like, <laughs> love to hear that. Um, but okay, our first story, bruh, is elite-ish feels elite. This feels send it to jail immediately. <laughs> do not pass, go, do not collect a hundred dollars, straight to jail.
3: I
1: see this is where. <laughs> so... <laughs> So earlier in this in this episode, I talked about the heightening and how it's a good thing, right? This, especially in this first scene here, this is when it backfired because, like, this first scene is just so ridiculously racist that I I couldn't take anything seriously.
0: It's it's so ridiculous, and the the way. So what's it called? It's called golly, good golly, good golly, and it's like. This girl wants to go to the Museum of Negrosity, first of all. Negrosity? Bro, I don't Negrosity?
1: know. Negrosity? Specifically the white girl. There's a black girl Negrosity? and a white girl. The white girl really wants to go.
0: Yeah, she wants to go because she has had this thing called a golly, a gollywog when she was younger, and it's basically like a caricature doll of a black person that she is like obsessed with. Like overly over the top obsessed with you would have thought that it gave birth to her and (laughs) raised her as its own which will come back around weirdly enough but she's obsessed with this thing so she goes to this museum specifically to buy one and the the guy's like i don't this is a museum like i don't sell the shit i show it and but they both go in there absolutely no fucking respect like zero laughing in this man's face they're like saying all of this crazy shit and he's obviously irritated they sneak it back in later and so then you have the black friend is dating her friend's brother so it's an mm-hmm. interracial couple
1: yeah and also her friend has slept with the black friend's brother, brother.
0: Oh, okay Which we
2: don't
0: even need to talk about the implications. (laughs) What are we doing here? So there's this whole thing with they like role play as a slave and a slave master in front of the the friend slash sister in front of the sister wife. They role play. And then while they're doing that, she goes to grab this doll and she I'm not. It's just why is she like this? It's it would be one <laughs> thing. This is why I'm. it's just irritating because I do get the heightening and it works. It worked. We've seen it work before. But in this one, it's so. So over the top, you could have had a story here about having no respect for black people and their lives and their identities and only seeing them as objects and and being willfully ignorant and naive to the history surrounding black people and that you can be complacent with what makes you comfortable regardless of how inappropriate it is. Like, I, I could see that being true for both of the girls. But this girl, it's not even like she's on Earth. She is in another planet filled with gollies (laughs) and she doesn't give a fuck about anything that is happening. And it's just so bizarre because now you've transformed her from a human into a golly wearing a suit, I guess. I was waiting for her to unzip her skin and and have it fall off and she was (laughs) going to be a golly 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 (laughs) underneath. It just doesn't make it just felt ridiculous because I and then also to have a giant a giant version of this doll pop up and kill the brother and the black girl
1: killing the black girl first mind you why do we have yeah. uh, why do we have a black death as the first death in this in this film that still doesn't i I don't does not compute for me
0: well and you have a character who is is meant to represent Uh, a black person who feels like oh that happened so long ago and that doesn't affect me anymore and that stuff like that doesn't happen anymore in this day and age and almost treats it like a joke more so than anything and so you know in in that regard I guess it's one of those things where you know when she dies it's it's meant to be like Oh well, <laughs> like yeah. that's, what it, that's what it feels like. It's well, <laughs> and like I, I you win her, some, you lose some.
1: <laughs> I get her dying. I'm just like, for a series, where we're supposed to be like talking about these things and like taking a look at these things, and have the black character die first. Just it 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 wows me. Um, but like I get the main point of what we're going for here, and like it does kind of make sense that it's the first one because it's like this idea that it's been so long since the last Tales from the Hood, right? And now we're in a time period where People may not necessarily take the severity of slavery, discrimination, racism, all these Mm -hmm. things as seriously as they did in the past. I get that. I'm tracking with you there. And so, like, the idea that some people would come to a place like this and be disrespectful because they don't understand. I get it. I do. But these characters are not real. And, like that level of heightening is bad. Like that's, that's the not good heightening because at that point we're just watching these caricature creatures just navigate through this space. But I I don't feel anything, nor do I feel like I'm learning anything because I'm like the, this doesn't exist. The core of what the scene is about that exists, but these people outside of the guy who's even the guy who's running the thing, he is realistic Seventy percent of this of this piece, because by the time it gets to the end, he just becomes the mad doctor who's happy mm-hmm. to see this woman popping out uh, black baby, baby dolls as because, popcorn.
0: Because yeah, she has sex with the giant doll. After she it doesn't, mur- give, after, she doesn't, it murders. after it murders the people that she cares about in her life. She says, "Wait a minute, I love you. I, I love you. Let's be together." What girl? What? Huh? And then. And then this thing apparently has a penis because it, it has sex with her. Not only does it have a penis, it can ejaculate, <laughs> bitch, huh? Oh, my God. It just it, it's upsetting to me because it just feels like it just feels like the quality, the message that they were trying to portray feels like it was more important than the actual portrayal of the story. And so it is so in-your-face, over-the-top, ridiculous. And, uh, and, um, and I feel like this message is more important than what we saw. Yeah. It just...
1: Because I left this one this feeling so nothing at the end of it. Like, I was just like, all right, on to the next one. Like, I didn't... Nothing sat with me, like, in the original one, where, like, some of those ideas and themes really, like, ruminate for a second. I had nothing. I was like, please move on from this. Um, please. I don't want to be here anymore.
0: The acting in this one is bizarre it is it's very strange especially this first one because because i think it's and i'm i don't think it's them necessarily i think they were just fighting for their lives trying to say some of these lines Mm -hmm. and it was not they were losing the fight we shall say yeah
1: yeah um
0: Uh and then we have like a psychic or a a medium
1: the medium okay so the medium one for me was a step up from the first one, yes. um But for me, just because it was entertaining, like I, I was mm-hmm. entertained by the medium.
0: It's the best one in this. It's the best story in the, in let me, the let, wait, movie. let me let me
1: look through the. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I yes. to, I to, wait, I have to look through all the different ones. Yeah, it's it actually is the it best is. story.
0: Um, yeah, it's just it's it's fine. It's it, this one it, to me is kind of silly. It, but it, it it is fun. It's the funnest one, and it's I feel like it knows that it's silly, and that's what I appreciate about it. Kind of yeah. leans into that., uh, the message for me in this one is a little bit more.
1: I don't know what the the, what the message was supposed to be with this one, quite frankly.
0: I think it was similarly to kind of the black on black violence thing where you have this black guy who's trying to better the community. And instead mm. of allowing that to happen, the his past gang member, I don't really understand how they were related, but instead of allowing that to happen, they like kill him and try and take that opportunity away to be selfish for themselves. Kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. But then he comes back and he's a white man. So like I, yeah, that's, that's when I lose, that's when I lose the plot. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. So and
0: he's super selfish when he comes back.
1: Yeah. He only gives a fuck about himself. So like, the message of this one is die and come back selfish and white. I don't get it.
0: With a smaller penis, <laughs> I suppose.
1: With a, with a smaller penis. So that line was hilarious. And honestly, <laughs> all three of them in that little um, back and forth were pretty funny. I also love his little dance. Uh, <laughs> the John character. Yeah. I thought he got down. I was here for it. <laughs>
0: there is a line in here that's pretty ridiculous where he says, people who eat glass and glass houses should not throw the first stone Should not
1: throw. The, yeah that was a stretch Maybe <laughs> that was a stretch that
0: back to the drawing board <laughs> he was hitting off some one-liners and i was like ah that did not hit in the way that you thought it might hit but that's okay mm-hmm. um then we get the vampire story which to me feels the most juvenile out of all of them it
1: i i really feel like this one could have been cut i don't think that we needed this one at all
0: it doesn't feel like it fits in this movie feels like it should be in a different movie
1: (laughs) yeah it just felt like they like were like we didn't do any vampires we should probably throw some vampires in here that's what it felt like
0: yes and also too it so i this one is trying to talk about that whole boys will be boys mentality that excuses men from doing predatory things to women is what they're trying to talk about, but it just feels so blah that it doesn't really matter. I feel like it should have hit more and it just kind of fizzles out. Also, who plays cards against humanity on a first date? No disrespect to anybody who has maybe done that. <laughs> but that actually sounds like my worst nightmare. I barely like playing cards against humanity with my you friends. You have been dead
1: against that game, I though. Just think <laughs> I was gonna game, say that game.
0: I just I don't I just think that game sucks because not not <laughs> because it sucks as a game. I just don't enjoy playing that game because everybody has different senses of humor. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard to say Oh, we should vote for whose is the funniest and usually it ends up just being the most random card so even more so it's just luck it just comes down to mm-hmm. what card did you happen to get um and yeah i would never want to play that with people that i don't know because i don't i barely know what their sense of humor is like
1: that's true that's true so, we officially know that Erica has never won at Cards Against Humanity. I haven't. And I, I, I
0: have <laughs> Nobody thinks my cards are funny. I will. I'll be slapping some bangers on the table. I'm over there like, like tee-hee-heeing, waiting for my cards to come. They read my card out and it's crickets. And I think that that, I just think it's damaging to a person's confidence
1: is all yeah, i'm Erica, saying we got, we got more more uh stories to sorry. talk about we can't yeah. we can't harp on this sorry
0: but i you know what i will harp on why did these girls why could they not see these girls on the camera but then they show up on a camera later
1: yeah makes <laughs> no sense none and then also to like the the base plot of this one it goes in a very linear manner but what to it, the both of y'all are scumbags like both these guys are clearly scumbags but mm-hmm. like you guys are also clearly getting laid tonight like you are 100% getting it in why do you have to roofie them like like why still continue with that plan outside of like we need we need it for the plot like I, I you know I,
0: what means, I mean I was wondering the same thing but I guess it's because they they film it and mm. they and they probably sell it or maybe they use it. They for do their some own like, extra
1: nefarious yeah, shit with it or I, something. I, think I guess. that's.
0: I think that's what it is. Is they is because they know that they need to film it and probably yeah. assume that they would not get c- consent for that. I don't know. It just felt. It just. It just. It was just. It
1: was meh. It was meh.
0: But let's get to the last one because this is the one that I really Ooh, want to talk about.
1: Yeah, 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 let's talk about uh our, our Emmett Till callback. Um, man, how do you feel about this one? I gotta I got go back and see what I have to say about this one. This pisses me off. I had one note for this entire story and it is, this one was going so well, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only note. <laughs>
0: Dude, this one pisses me off. I feel like this one, to me, upsets me the most, even more than the golly one. Because oh, yeah. Although the golly one is ridiculous, this one to me is borderline offensive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: And like, which is a wild thing to say because the golly one is also offensive. (laughs) But this one is when you're dealing with real life tragedy. Yeah. You have to be so careful about the way you approach it. And I don't like the way that this got approached at all.
1: Mm. Mm hmm. Well, well, tell me, I I think I get where you're coming from, but tell me more.
0: Because I don't like the whole this whole idea of, oh, respect our sacrifice. And because you're not, maybe I just won't die. Because none of those people that died died by choice. This all happened to them in a horribly tragic, unfair way. And I don't like this feeling of oh well because you, one black man, are doing things against your community. Which yeah, he's doing some fucked up shit. But I don't like this idea of like oh well we're just not gonna f- like we don't want freedom for black people anymore if this is how it's gonna yeah. be. And, Being like
1: guilt tripped.
0: Yeah, and and I just I just feel like to have this whole thing where. It's, oh, you could rewrite Emmett Till's history. And because you decided to do the right thing, he'll stand up for himself now. And he wasn't going to do that. And the whole thing with the wife is her being Can able we- to see uh. him. It it was just so annoying. And, and, and then to have his sacrifice just be, oh, well, you have to die because we died. Why yeah, is that
1: which, his wh- sacrifice? Why? And it feels like he made it up mid-conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like when he was like, yo, I need to talk to your mans. And they started to have that conversation. I feel like halfway through, because he wasn't going along with everything he was saying, he was like, you know what? Matter of fact, if you want history to not be re- rewritten, <laughs> I'm going to need you to die, too. Like, yeah. before, I just needed you to not, you know, be a shitty politician. I'm going to need your life now. What? Yeah. Why are you making why? Emmett Petty? What is this?
0: Yeah. Why is Emmett Till petty? Like, why would what? And and it just feels like it would have made more sense to me if his sacrifice was something else. Because the whole reason that he's working for Colonel Sanders is because he if he gets him elected, then he'll also he'll be able to be mayor or yeah, something. he gets to
1: move like it's kind of like a, you up. take my job because I get a better job yeah. sort of sort of a deal.
0: So that is why he is so easily agreeable to do and say all of the things that this politician is wanting him to do. And so here we have a politician similar to the first one that is very outwardly racist even more so in this one than he than we had seen prior uh, because he is just coming right out and saying everything that he thinks and i this is this is very much meant to be a trump-esque character and i do wish that this that they had taken a chance in this one and had him already be have won the election and Mm -hmm. already in office i feel like that would have been a better like a, a different perspective and a more like a an updated version of it and differentiated it more but but and maybe then i wouldn't be comparing the two and preferring the first version of this um and if that's the case if if he's fighting to get a better position he's doing all this stuff because he wants to work his way up in the world okay sacrifice something like that you know like like take away everything he's worked for or something
1: yeah because like the, the whole idea of the sacrifice too i feel like just time wise and just like logic wise doesn't work right because like we halfway through this shit everything gets substantially more racist. And it's because Mm. it's this idea that like, because we're bouncing in between Emmett's timeline and our present timeline, and like Emmett hasn't done the deed of his sacrifice yet. And so the idea is because he didn't do that, the world ended up as racist as racist can be. Like we're in the absolute uh, apex of racism here. And so we get to this point where he's like, one, his wife is gone, Full off the deep end, racist, and then now we have the Ku Klux Klan cop police brigade coming in to attack uh, attack this guy, and so his sacrifice is he needs to get beaten to death by this police force that doesn't actually exist, exist, so that Emmett will do what he does in history, and then. The police force will not exist. Like I don't, I don't get it. (laughs) Like I just, I don't get it.
0: (laughs) It doesn't make no. It doesn't make sense because yeah, I don't understand. So just let them beat you until you die. Just because. Just because. Just because I want you to die. Because I want to know that you die. Like, you need like, to
1: learn this lesson, and the only way you learn it is by dying, so.
0: But it's, like, I don't know what to, I just don't get it. I just don't understand this mindset because sacrifice is not it's about losing something that giving up something that is very important to you and so like yeah you can sacrifice yourself to stand up for what you believe in or you can sacrifice yourself to protect someone else blah, blah 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 but I don't understand it in this context and I also think that to be like oh well they sacrificed for you you know, and, and you're not being respectful of that. They sac, it's at first of all, I don't, I still hate that. They're like, it was a sacrifice. Cause like I said, none of these people chose to die. None of these people wanted to die. They mm. were murdered. <laughs> um, and also too, everything that came for that was for the betterment of the world or yeah. of the United States. It wasn't just for fucking Henry. <laughs> like, you know why are we acting like it was like
1: why is henry so fucking important and then also i'm sorry but like for the grand scheme of this particular plot if he dies well then colonel Sanders is just going to still close those polling booths I'm so seeing. like this is a this is an l like we're still losing here from him right. dying
0: so what did you sacrifice that's why i feel like if he had gone back and he had gone up in front of cameras and been like, I denounce everything I said. Mm-hmm. I don't support him. He would have lost being the mayor. He would have probably had to lost move. Lost the house. He would have lost like, the house. Those but are sacrifices. Whole, those are those are sacrifices because that's what he's been working for. But if it was one of those things where he did all that, but he like, you know, I don't know, got to, got to stay with his wife or whatever. I understand that all of these kind of have to end in a death. But I just don't feel... Or even if he... If he did all that, he denounced it and then he died later on because like Colonel Sanders sent someone after him or or someone got mad mm-hmm. about it. I could see that like a white supremacist being mad that he denounced it and then mm-hmm. him getting shot, maybe trying to protect his wife. Yeah, Do something like that where he is actively making that decision in the real world and not just like, okay, hit me with your best shot, Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. And then first, also too... There's a weird thing where, like, everybody's saying something different. Some people are saying gifted. To, or yeah. um, Some people are saying, like, appreciate the sacrifice that's been gifted to you. And, and then half of are them are saying given. given to you. And then
1: it's like, halfway through, they all finally they decide. All switch. On yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like everybody realized they were saying something different. And they were like, oh, shit, we should get on the same page. Also... In the end, when we like flashback and everything's normal and he's a ghost, I was like, not the ghost stand up where he like stands up out (laughs) of his body and he's like, whoa. And then he stands up. His wife is crying because he's just dead on the floor. And it kind of pisses me off that she looks up and sees his ghost form and she just stops crying. She's like, hello, ghost husband. I'm like, he's still dead. (laughs) Like you could keep crying. Still be upset. Because he's gone.
1: (laughs) i don't like, no, know no, no. it he, just he, made me mad he sacrificed he sacrificed
0: yeah he sacrificed himself oh my god i just i, I just yeah. don't disrespect the, our civil rights. like <laughs> these huge pillars in the civil rights movement don't disrespect them like yeah. that don't put them in a movie talking about oh kill yourself like i i just thought that that was mad disrespectful.
1: <laughs> you know that's fair and i i think for me the disrespectful part is just like you I feel like you leave that one. you don't learn anything like I yeah. I was the same person before and after watching that it did nothing mm-hmm. to like sway me into some like Ugh! and like even if I'm not necessarily the person that it's directed towards still like I feel like the overall message in that one is very muddy and so yeah. it just feels very Super preachy muddy. and it feels unfortunately like the kind of story that you don't that you worry would be in this kind of anthology series you know what i mean like and
0: then it is yeah
1: and so that's unfortunate i think
0: and i like the whole idea of like what if segregation continued Mm -hmm. i like that idea i just think that they could have done that and left these historical figures out of it if it had just literally been about that i actually think that this would have been a cool idea yeah like yeah let's explore that
1: but and also exploring yeah. like the black politician and like everything that comes with that is also mm-hmm. an interesting place too and like especially in 2018 i think is a nice time to be doing an analysis on that but
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's
1: not really what we get here unfortunately no.
0: it's also the longest one like cut tissue <laughs> um but yeah that's and then we lead into our ending keith david is sims
2: mm-hmm And yeah, like he's having a blast. Gotta, like, uh, having a RoboCop. blast.
0: <laughs> yeah, RoboCop is fucking him up, and then he takes our politician to hell in like a limo or
1: something. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those like funeral ones. Where oh you, yeah, you, yeah. You Bring yeah. the casket, but
0: um,
1: uh, it looks like a that... no. It looks like a, a nice ass Escalade when he pulls up in it, and then yeah. later on find out that it's a, something else.
0: A hearse is that what it's called?
1: Maybe. I'm not the car guy. You're talking <laughs> to the wrong one. Don't ask me, yeah. <laughs> you you'd be happy. You got escalated out of me, quite frankly. Um uh, <laughs> But actually, funny enough, although the through line story in this one is nonsensical, um mm-hmm. it's inter- it's still entertaining. Like every time I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, what quip do you have to say, racist politician? Yeah. Okay, Keith, what do you got to say? All right, cool. We yeah. can go into the next one. Like I, I still felt that every time we would flashback, and at the end, watching him just have fun and just do the thing that we're waiting for him to do at the end, it still hits. Mm-hmm. It still hits.
0: Yeah, it does. It feels good. You've been waiting for it, and it and it comes through for you. But also, this one is just too long. It's, it's an it's hour fifty. Simply
1: too long,
0: and it feels like it. I yeah. think so across this the too board.
1: Long all of these should have just been three stories. I feel like the fourth story mm. was a stretch for all of them. I just think time-wise, they're just long. Mm-hmm. They're long. Unless you unless you're going to make like a really really short one just to like toss in there, kind of like mm-hmm. cuz like the vampire one, although I think that one could have been cut, it felt significantly shorter than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And so like I was okay with it just for its length, but yeah. I think overall these bad boys is long
0: as hell. Yeah, they is. Yeah, the first one had a better balance, but this one, it was like some of them were really long and then some of them were short. Um, And then going into our third one, I mean, it's kind of this one balances it a little bit better, too. It's like you have our second story is a little bit shorter than the other ones. Mm -hmm. And then our second to last story is the longest our first story is kind of long our second to last story is long
1: po- possibly for me it was just like it just felt significantly shorter than the second one so it was yeah. just like, i feel like anything after the second one just felt short oh yeah uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but tales from the hood 3 that one in 2020 uh was a step up for me yeah um yeah, compared to compared to two um, still did not match up to one. However, I do think it was going more in the right direction. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I really I feel like the third one for sure, like is getting back up there. Quality wise, story wise, we're getting a little bit Going back to our roots, although I will say this one is more serious than I think any of them have been. Yeah, that's very true. Particularly with our formatting story in this uh, with Tony Tad on the scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is probably the most dark format story we've had. And he's playing this much more serious than any of our main men have played it, (laughs) I guess. But Mm -hmm it makes sense in the end i actually really like this format storyline
1: yeah you and it, it honestly got me too i was not expecting it when we when we get to the reveal of it i wasn't expecting the flip i was like okay (laughs) usually these are pretty predictable Mm -hmm. but you got me with this one i can't lie
0: yeah this one flipped it on its head for sure where i feel like the second one kind of already gave its hand away because they knew we were expecting it i feel like Mm -hmm. this one decided to do something different because we have tony todd who is taking a little girl named brooklyn and walking her around and keeps he keeps telling her they're going to meet her mom And that they need to hide from the bad things. And Brooklyn is actually the one telling the stories in this one. Which Mm -hmm. was cool. But we come to find out in the end that he is a murderer. He kills children. And he brought Brooklyn down there to do that. But Brooklyn turns out to be the Sims character this time.
1: Mm -hmm. Which it's it's a great flip. And I think that the way that they slowly trickle in their story is well done. Because like. It's hard to really tell what's going on with them because they're just kind of like wandering through like ruins and like abandoned buildings and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You don't really get a sense of like where we are, like what time period we're in, like what's going on. Like a lot of it's just like these two characters in this place. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just trying to figure out like what what are we what are we talking about? here? Like What is this?
0: Yeah, I will also say. Uh, this one to me also especially with this framing story starts to bring back some cool shots and it brings back more of I feel like the experimentation that they had on the first one where they would Mm -hmm. really do some different things with the way things were shot I feel like this movie brings that back in I feel like the second one was a little bit more simple and traditional in its shooting style Uh, Mm -hmm. this one to me kind of starts to take some some chances again which I really like um, but yeah we've got we've got four stories in here that actually I like I, I enjoy all of these stories I think that the the first one is a good is a good opening story mm-hmm. it all of these movies touch on the same topics for the most part um, so this one I is kind of touching again on I feel like maybe maybe gentrification
1: I that's what I was gonna say too I feel I feel like this was a gentr- gentrification story um it is also interesting too that uh several of these we have uh one of the problematic characters being a black character too um mm-hmm. that to me I'm not sure necessarily how I feel about it yet um I'm still kind of mulling it over Um, but I do think like it elevates the conversation when it's not just cut and dry, like, oh, this is a non-minority doing this to a minority when it's like a minority doing it to another minority, the conversation I think varies. So having the, the landlord be, be a black guy for this one, evicting a black family was uh, it's an interesting framing. Mm -hmm. I think, but I I do think that it is a compelling framing because like you just you you really want to see how this one plays out to kind of like understand everything. At least I did.
0: Yeah, I I like it when the black character is a little bit more of the antagonist in these stories, only because I feel like that gets shied away from at times Mm -hmm. that problems within the community can be just as bad as People coming from outward and trying to cause conflict, like internal conflict can also be very damaging. And I feel like that doesn't always get shown because I feel like that's maybe something that people don't want to acknowledge or Mm. or don't think is happening. But it definitely is true. And so and there's also the the
1: wealth gap, too. Um, Yeah. That's another thing to put into Mm -hmm. consideration.
0: Yeah, so I I do I enjoy these ones just as much as when it's, you know, a white antagonist or what have you. I I do think that these stories are important mm-hmm. um because yeah, it it's not only one person one type of person doing doing these kinds of things. Right. Um so yeah, this one I like this one. I like the, the This one, to me, is I like what they did with the kind of ending where he's going back and trying to... Going through the place. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Scooby-Doo a little bit (laughs) with all the doors flying open and the balls coming out of the doors and the doors glowing. But it it is cool. There's a moment where he goes into the apartment and it does not look like there was a fire in that apartment. I don't know if that was just the way that a vision of how it <laughs> looked, but I feel like it was supposed to look charred and it didn't. Somebody it literally tipped just over looked a like a single yeah.
1: chair. <laughs> tossed a bag of dust in the air and were like, all right, yeah. we're good to shoot. Let's do it.
0: She looked a little ransacked at most. But yeah, this one, this one is a good start for me. A mm-hmm. much stronger start than
3: than the, the
1: other to. one. That's fair. <laughs> I will say the story in this one, I think, is pretty predictable. Once you get yeah. into like the arson character gets involved, you already kind of know the direction we're going for yeah. this one. Uh, but it's still compelling enough to get you all the way through. I think the um the the horror in this, and just in terms of like the effects that you're talking about with like all the doors and like the lights and stuff like that, I was impressed there. I did think yeah. that like the way that he had to interact with the environment it was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one feels much more like a straightforward ghost story mm-hmm. that we've maybe heard quite quite a few times. But I like I liked this one. I think that's why I liked it because it was a little bit more of a traditional ghost story, mm-hmm. um, just with a slightly skewed lens. True. Um, and then we get into our second one, which is pretty short. This one is very overt. Racist, homophobic, sexist—everything
1: under the everything, everything can on the be. menu. He ordered it all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I'll get one of all of your <laughs> all worst of this dishes, bigotry. please. Please,
1: thank and, you. Thank you.
0: and I'll take the check. But I, but this one works because it's meant to be like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, this one has almost a goosebumps esque twist at the end. Right, <laughs> but I don't know. This one, this one is kind of a tough watch just because you're with this guy the whole time and that's it yeah but it the payoff of it worked for me for the most part it's a little bit corny Uh,
1: but that's fair i i was uh i didn't hate i didn't hate the payoff my issue with the payoff was that i figured it out halfway through and it made the it made the bit a bit of a slog like once you get what's happening you're just like all right well i guess i'll just wait till the reveal you know
0: right you're like i know what's coming yeah because we find out that he is it's like a zoo in the future and he is the
1: the racist american or something racist like that
0: american and then they have a misogynist exhibit and things like that this is also the only story that takes place in the future which is a little bit confusing to me because i am under the impression that all of these stories did happen in some you uni- in you know in the universe but then this one happens like 40 years in the future yeah
1: <laughs> like this one's more of just like a story it's weird because like Every time we d- were told a story throughout this franchise, it's kind of like framed like, oh, this actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this one is just very blatantly just like, a, oh, this is just like a-, a fun tale.
0: Yeah. That
1: could or could not actually happen.
0: Right. Which was interesting because, yeah, this is that's the only time that we get that sort of a story.
1: Yeah. But but it was still OK. Like, mm-hmm. granted, granted, figured it out early. But like overall for its length and like what it's doing, like it's, it's good. It gets the job done.
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad. Kind of feels like a story you'd see on like Black Mirror, maybe.
1: Right, yeah.
0: But we also have our third story, which is also a story we've seen told a couple times before. Mm -hmm. It is a body-switching story where we have an older lady who is wanting the body of a younger lady, but they frame it as the younger... It did not take any convincing for this girl to be like let's kill the old
1: lady You're right she
0: was ready the the older lady tells her one time that she does not think she's a good singer and this girl was ready to nuck and buck immediately <laughs> <laughs> she was like let's kill her i was like girl
1: <laughs> she was ready to absolutely decimate her and the like the fictional yeah. murder scene too pretty intense and i feel like it's so funny to me that, like, one of the most graphic and, like, practically heavy scenes was just, like, a, a dream sequence. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. That was, those were some good effects on that.
0: Yeah. No, the effects looked good. I also, there's a cool shot in this where she, Miss Benoit, stands up and her oh, younger yeah. face is projected over her older face. Yeah. Like, there's cool shots in this movie that I really appreciate. But... This one is this one's a a good story, even though I could kind of see where it was going. It it's it still I still liked the way that it came out. It, the ending of it is a, is not my favorite. And I don't know why It something it about the way that it ends just feels kind of like bleh.
1: It doesn't feel like it like lands like it mm-hmm. ends where you where you think it's going to end. And it ends kind of the way that you think it's going to end. But like the way it's executed it just feels like we cut back to the main story real quick once it was done because i feel (laughs) like there was no button there you know what i mean Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and there's also so in the end she turns into they switch bodies because
1: the the guy right yeah. yeah
0: the the boyfriend helps them switch bodies so now the old Miss Benoit is now in the younger body because she wants to get another chance at being a singer that she never had because it was too racist at the time when she was first coming up and she so she goes to audition and she sings Carmen mm-hmm. at her audition it is so very clear that the actress is lip syncing to to it. She's trying her darndest, but it very much felt like when I had to do the cell block tango from Chicago in my musical theater class and I was that girl who's like, uh-uh, not guilty who speaks another language the way that I was like la, la, la.
2: <laughs> the whole
0: time that's what it was giving. but it's it's I think that it's just a little bit long in the beginning. And so then as we go through in time, once we get to the end, it feels like it doesn't have as much time to, to kind of lay that all out for us. I
1: I almost wish that we got into the body switching earlier. Like, I just feel like I I wish we started laying the, the ground, the groundwork for that a bit earlier in that scene, because like towards the end, it, when it's all happening, it feels a little bit rushed to me. And I like this scene, but I felt like the longer I was in it, um, the more my attention was waning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because like it's 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 a slower paced one, and I do like the the commentary of this one. Mm-hmm. And I like how subtle the commentary is, like um, reference in here, and like it's mostly just coming from um, her talking about how hard it was to be a singer during that time, and it's like. Yes, okay, we're going back to our roots here of like making some sort of commentary on, you know, life as mm-hmm. just or just living black in America and like the different facets of that. And I feel like this particular story tackled one facet that we hadn't talked about yet, which was show business. And yeah. so it was nice to get a look into that world and like how we're going to frame that in a story. And, like, the story that it's placed in, it works. It's a, there's nothing, like, yeah. really, like, wrong with it or anything like that. But yeah. it wasn't necessarily the most, like, memorable to me either.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I agree with you. I do like the showbiz aspect of it. And even when she's, like, people despise old almost as much as they do black. I that's a, that's I, a like, bar. I like that. I like this idea of of god forbid you're a black performer and you're on the older side like Mm -hmm. where can we fit you sort of a thing i liked that idea Also, Chayla makes a comment when she walks into the house. She sees a picture of Miss Benoit in her youth, and she says she was so beautiful. This is before she's even seen Miss Benoit. I was like, she might still be beautiful. (laughs) Why would you say that like she's the crypt keeper now? I don't know. I was was like, okay, that was rude. Mm. Um, But yeah, that is our third one, which leads us into number four, which is the most comedic.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Tale. We're we're slipping into fart jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> An interesting one to end on for sure.
1: Yeah. I mm, yeah, I <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that, but not but saying it out loud, I'm like, I wonder if we should have put this one somewhere Earlier. else in the lineup. um just because it's weird like it's a weird story for something that's like the whole theme of it is like walk a mile in somebody's shoes especially somebody that you've wronged like for that to be the theme we just we loop-de-doop all over the place to get there
0: (laughs) it's wild also the punch and run bandit come on
1: guys
0: (laughs) who was on the name who was making the names of that day that just i would be so upset if i was a mugger and that was my nickname
3: that's what they gave me damn
0: like come on y'all um but yeah it's not a bad idea but it just is i just i don't know i feel like it wasn't executed my in my favorite manner there's some cool designs and there's some cool shots in this one too like i really like the angel design but i'm not so wild about the demon design
1: yeah I agree on both those fronts, but like, even though I love the angel design, I kind of wanted that whole section taken out just because like it added extra mm. runtime. Like the, yeah. I, I understand why the sequence is in there to like symbolize like, oh, this guy is seeing both angels and demons now. Like, I get that. Um, but we, I feel like we spent a good chunk of time on that like car crash sequence with the yeah. angel, where I'm like, can we? can we move on? <laughs> like, yeah. unless unless this, this is where this scene is going now, like, unless like angels is where we're taking this, can we go back to the main story? Cause I'm already like barely holding on at this point.
0: Right. It's a lot of eye contact. And after a while it's like, are you going to take her soul or not? <laughs> Why are you still down here? Uh, but yeah, there. I do like, once we get past the shit and fart stuff, I do like the, watching everything else happen to his body, because now that he's decomposing, apparently this man's a one shot killer because he punched this guy so hard he killed him. Yeah. And then now. So now he is decomposing, but still alive. Yeah,
1: because he put on he stole his shoes. And so um, he was cursed to now feel everything that this Mm -hmm. guy is feeling, which is death without dying. Um, You know, what would have really helped, in my opinion, or at least for me, is if there was some acknowledgement from him that he killed the guy. Like, mm-hmm. I did not like finding out later that the guy was dead. I think that he should have just been like, oh, shit, is this guy dead? Yeah. Um, Unless mm-hmm. it unless that happened and I just missed it, because I feel like up until um, Lady, which, where did Voodoo Lady, I, I think I missed Voodoo Lady. I think Voodoo Lady was in there earlier, and I yes. just missed her.
0: So Voodoo Lady, like the older one, or both of them
1: both of them basically
0: so the main lady who's talking the most she was the daughter who was on tv earlier who's gotcha, like gotcha, i gotcha. curse gotcha. you and then the older lady is her grandmother who has right, right, right. recovered from After her coma a... i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: um even even still with that like i feel like once it's established they're like okay this is what we're doing um i was kind of along for the ride but I didn't understand that that's what we were doing until post angel scene, and by then, like he was already decomposing. So I had like missed out <laughs> on half the fun because like mm-hmm. I it wasn't tracking for me. And then to have her spell it out all out for you in that in that little bit, it's good. Like just in case anyone else hadn't picked it up yet, like here you go, here's the confirmation for for it. But it was kind of also just like really just oh, in your face. Yeah. Like here you go. <laughs>
0: In yeah. case you missed and, it. And I do think, I think he should have gone to hell. I think I would have preferred it if he had ended up going to hell.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: get that they're like, oh, it's more tragic for you to be stuck here with the demons trying to take your soul the whole time. But at the same time, I don't really understand what that means for the demons to be trying to take his soul. Yeah. So I can see how, yeah, it would suck to be like a dead body basically. And you stink and you're rotting and you're alive forever. But at the same time, I don't understand why if he can't die, can he not just get up and recover from what has just happened to him? I don't know. I just feel like being dragged to if they had made it seem like being dragged to hell was going to be better. And so he did all this stuff. But then it turns out being dragged to hell was worse Mm -hmm. or something. I, I don't know. I just feel like watching those birds. (laughs) <laughs> watching those birds just
1: do the do the matrix weave all over at, his body
0: punching at him <laughs> yeah. and his, it was all jerky and his body was like, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> like i don't know it was just a little bit it was just a little silly yeah.
1: <laughs> similarly to the opera one i just feel like this one couldn't stick the landing like it yeah. knew what it was going for we eventually all got there in terms of like what was really happening but the execution of the end just felt kind of meh uh yeah
0: yeah. I think it was just the way that the demons attack could have been fleshed out a little bit more for me. Cause seeing things from her perspective, it was like it's just it was it was like the grinch when he's like Rah! Yeah. Rah! Yeah. Rah! <laughs> That's what the demons were doing to him. And I was it's like,
1: kinda silly. Kind of silly. But <laughs> but I did like the the autopsy at the end. I did think the mm-hmm. the cadaver effects were pretty cool. Yeah, that um, was cool. so that was cool. That was mm-hmm.
0: fun. But yeah, that is it. And then like I said. Uh, the little girl takes Tony Todd out. He gets decapitated. That's another one, though, where it seems like now he wasn't already dead, whereas in our last two, they were dead by the time they went to hell. Like, they had just mm. died of earthly circumstances. But mm-hmm. then in this one, the ghosts killed Tony Todd, and then yeah. she takes him to hell. To hell.
1: Yeah, Unless, unless being beheaded by the ghosts of the people you killed was part of his hell punishment right i could see i could see that also being an avenue that they were going down but yeah it seemed like he he died of natural
2: causes or something
1: yeah some something along Mm -hmm. those lines but i again i like the twist um part of me (laughs) This is going to sound really terrible. Part of me kind of wishes the bag stayed on the girl's head just because I feel like it was more menacing that way.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. It was, yeah, (laughs) just seeing (laughs) someone else's voice come out of her her mouth. Those bags were really cool, though. I did like that. I thought that that was a really cool look. And to have all these kids be kind of faceless, I thought that Mm -hmm. was really cool.
1: Agreed, agreed.
0: I did enjoy the bags. But yeah, that, that wraps up the third one. Mm-hmm. So in lieu of rating these, I think what I would actually like to ask you is which one was your favorite story out of all three of them? And which mm-hmm. was your least favorite story out of all three of them?
1: Okay. My favorite, I think I'm still going to have to give it up to uh rogue cop revelation. The, the first one that we get. Okay. Like I feel like that particular, that particular story, I think really it really encapsulates what Tales from the Hood is going for, I think. Mm. Like it tells a somewhat horror story while still making a commentary on something that is extremely prevalent um, to The times and the people watching it and the actual story itself is entertaining and good Mm -hmm. um so like all those things combined for me it was just like the best introduction into the series it was kind of really my 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 standardized point for all of these like what i was comparing them all to Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i gotta give it to the cop one i think the cop one is still gonna be my favorite um my least favorite is gonna is gonna be the first first one in um in uh, Tales 2.
0: <laughs> Good golly.
1: Not for me. Not for me. Like, uh, that one was rough. And I will be very happy to never have to sit through that one again. And if for some reason I want to watch Tales from the Hood 2, best believe it, I'm going to just skip that one. I yeah. got no no interest.
0: <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it to me. Okay. Um, I think my favorite... Uh, I think I'm going to go with Boys Do Get Bruised um, because I just love the imagery of that one. Mm -hmm. I love seeing it through a child's lens and having it be this monster. And I just think the film work in that one is my favorite, changing the perspective and seeing the shadow of the monster. But then we see that it's actually just a guy. And, And then even just the way that he gets taken out, That one to me is pretty simple for a story, but I think I love it because they made it complex with the way that they chose to represent everything. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I I think that that one is my favorite. And then my least favorite (laughs)
1: I think I know it's
0: gonna have to be the sacrifice bro like y'all know you all already know why but even though I think good golly is a worse like worse execution as far as I think just all across the board it's not as good I think the sacrifice to me was just it upsets me more than good golly good golly i can be like oh Mm -hmm. that's fucking stupid but the sacrifice legitimately makes me mad so (laughs) yeah that one's gonna be my least favorite
1: (laughs) i get i hear you um and then one quick question before we end things off Mm -hmm. um that i have for you um because something that i also that i read was that um there is interest in keeping tales from the hood going like in a perfect world this would be an ongoing anthology series is there something in particular that you would like to see from this series that you think um, would boost it for you? Mm. Uh, for myself, um, if I was, if there was gonna be more Tales from the Hood, one thing I would like to see, and this is being said with absolutely zero disrespect to Rusty or Darren, but I think I would love to see more directors under the helm of this anthology series. Mm. Um, I like the ideal, the idea of tales from the hood. And I think that what it does is actually important, especially with the commentary. Um, but I think with an anthology series, one of the potential hiccups you hit is you're telling all of these stories, but you're still kind of getting them through a similar lens every single time works with the grand scheme of things. But for variation's sake, I think it'd be very interesting to see what other stories or directorial styles could be added to this franchise to just see where things can go. Like I think the more minds you put under this umbrella, the more interesting things that you can get. Not everything will be a hit obviously, but Mm -hmm. um, I think there is some magic to be found there. And so like moving into the future, I would just love to see maybe a couple more directors pulled in to maybe have like one or two stories that they get to tell.
0: Oh, yeah, I I, I I agree with that. I do think that that would be really cool to have them maybe just c- continue to write and still direct, but then have maybe a few other people. I would actually like to see, and I know it's not as easy as being like, yeah, just do this. But if ever it were to happen in the future, I do really think it would be cool to see this as a series um, mm-hmm. instead of a movie and mm-hmm. maybe two stories per episode. I think Ooh. that that would maybe be really neat because then you could have more time allotted to the stories and also you could do stuff where different directors can come in and direct the the episodes. Yeah. And I feel like yeah, that way you can kind of do more across the board as as a TV show and I would love to see it just kind of continue to span time. I feel like what the what they all kind of are good at is not really locking too much on a time period so that it feels really timeless. And mm-hmm. so I want I would love for them to continue to that to do that, maybe be able to cover lots of topics, much more scope. And then yeah, it would be nice because then if you like a particular story, you could just go back to that episode and, and watch that story. Cause true. Then you, and you don't have to be like, well, I have to f- f- fast forward through this movie to get to the story that I like. Um, right. So yeah. I don't know. I think that would be cool. Obviously that's like a huge task, a big ask. Right. But
2: right, right. if
0: it was like, Oh, the sky is the limit. Anything you want. <laughs> I would, I would love to see that. But yeah, that is it for our tales from the hood. Breakdown one, two, and three. What do you homies think of these movies? We would love to hear your thoughts. You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to get a little bit more in depth, you can always talk to us in our Discord. That's where we hang out with the homies. All the time, seven days a week. We chit-chat about horror and other things as well. So if you'd like to come through there and hang out with all of us, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. And you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. If you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games, hang out with the homies, have some cocktails, some laughs, some scares. And we'd love for you guys to come through and say hello. The link for that is also in our social media bio. And last but certainly not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and have not done so, you can do that over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can hit the stars underneath our name to leave us a rating. We would very much appreciate it. But that is it for us today, homies. Thank you for hanging out with us during the breakdown. And we will be seeing you guys next time for some more black horror content.
1: Catch you next time, homies.
0: Bye.
2: Shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. Follow me. Oh, yes. yes. How are we going to get to shit?
2: <laughs> Woo!
3: We're
0: going to get to shit now. Huh. Yeah. More bringing around the gozies, huh? Oh, yeah, the doo-doo. <laughs> Sick of fun. Yeah. So, the booby pop We're going to get to shit.